Turn to the book of Judges tonight. We'll be in Judges chapter number 16. Judges chapter number 16. And we look forward to what God has for us in the few minutes we have left for the day. And God has given us a good day today. And we look forward to what he has for us this evening. What a great week we had this week. Uh, the Preacher's Delight Conference. And uh, so many of you have mentioned uh, how much you enjoyed the conference. And uh, so many have mentioned that it was the best conference they can remember in a long time. And we've had a lot of conferences, and I, I certainly uh, agree with that. And God was just very, very good to us this week. And so many of these preachers, and I believe there was around 40 uh, or preachers or so, and uh, so many of them commented to me uh, what a blessing this week was to them, how much they needed it. Um, and as we've mentioned leading into the conference, if we can encourage one preacher uh, and there's, there's groups of people, uh, they, they, I mean, all over this country from these preachers where uh, there were people getting lit up because there were some fired up preachers uh, that went home. And if we encourage one preacher, that affects a church, that, a check, that, that affects a town. And so I want to thank you again for all of your giving, all of your work, your faithfulness. And I had many of them just comment, uh, you know, Pastor Neal, I just want your people uh, it's one thing for your staff to come to me and say, and these weren't preachers, these were just some who, uh, 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 who were preaching the week, it was just preachers who were here to come to me and say, do I need anything? Because I had church members stop me and ask if I needed anything, uh, if I could do anything for them, and that, that goes a long, long way, and so I want to thank you for that. I don't want us to ever get, over, I don't want us to ever get so full of ourselves that we, we get tired of investing in other people and helping other people, and uh, many of them commented on the preaching. We had great preaching uh, this week, and uh, but really, uh, I think what helped them with the preaching was all of the work that went into uh, making them have an enjoyable week, and so I appreciate that, but I hope you got something out of it. If, I hope the, the, the services you were able to be here, you got something out of it. I'm sure you did and helped, and on the heels of a great week like this week, and uh, many decisions, and what a week we have had, starting from last Sunday uh, with the dedication Sunday. What a great day, uh, seeing people saved, baptized, but looking ahead to the future, and then going into this week to see what God does for us, and then a great day today. Uh, our hearts should be full, um, and tonight I want to bring a message, a thought that the Lord put on my heart this afternoon that I think, uh, and I don't pretend to know the mind of God, the plan of God, but it certainly uh, makes logical sense that I would bring a message along these lines tonight uh, because when we do have spiritual victory, we need to be prepared. Uh, when we do, when we are full, as we are full from what God has done, we tend to let our guard down. And tonight I want to uh, bring a message that hopefully will be a, a help to us. Judges chapter number 16 and verse number 4. And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. We're talking about Samson, that mighty judge, the one who God had set aside, the uh, one who from uh, his mother's womb had a special plan. I love reading about Samson. I remember as a child in Sunday school hearing the stories of Samson. And all that Samson could do, uh, he didn't have strength like everybody else. He had extraordinary strength. He defeated the enemy in great numbers. 
And even as a grown man, I still love to read about Samson and what Samson accomplished for the Lord. And oftentimes we talk about his ending uh, more than we talk about what he accomplished uh, because it, it is a lesson to us. Uh, but verse 4, we see a very significant thing that takes place in his life, and it came to pass afterward uh, that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. Look over at verse 17 of the same chapter. That he told her all his heart. Notice those words. And said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. Verse 18, When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he hath showed me all his heart. And the lords of the Philistines came up under her and brought money in their hand. We know the story. They come in, they shave his head. He awakens, assuming his strength would be there. It was not. It's a dark day in the life of Samson. We look and we see this woman, uh, obviously a wicked woman, who uh, would deceive him. And we see the Philistines, God's enemies, who, who want to uh, destroy him, and they'll make a mockery of him <coughs> as the enemies of God. But I don't want us to miss the downfall of, of Samson. <coughs> Sometimes we overlook it, and we want to put all the blame on Delilah. But the blame cannot go to Delilah. And certainly, especially young men, stay away from the Delilahs. But the blame goes to Samson. Because we see in verse number 17 that he told her all his heart. <clears throat> and in verse 18, when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart. Tonight I want to preach on this subject. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. We be very careful who we let steal our heart who we let get control of our heart. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, we <clears throat> pray this evening that you would help us for the time we have remaining. Uh, it's been a great day. Uh, it's wonderful to see people saved today. It's wonderful to see people helped. Father, it's been a great week, uh, all that you've done this week. Uh, Father, you've been so very, very good to us. It's exciting to see your people grow. It's exciting to see them get victories. It's exciting to see... Uh, you work in their lives and their homes and their family. But Father, may we listen to the word of God tonight as uh, we can use the life of Samson as a warning to us. And just as Samson was susceptible, so is everybody in this room this evening. And may we realize the responsibility ha we have and may we see uh, from the downfall of Samson uh, some things that we need to be aware of and something that Satan has been using since the beginning of time uh, to uh, seize the life, the potential, the service of your people. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I would say most of us know the story of Samson and how God used him to win many victories for uh, God's people. Uh, these Philistines, they had sought to find a way to destroy Samson. And 
Uh, because of time, I'll not go, go through all of the story, but we come <clears throat> to this point where Samson loses everything. But let me just interject here as he's going to lose everything and he's going to be taken, his eyes are going to be put out, he's going to be made a mockery, uh, he's going to be made a spectacle by God's people. And that is what happens when we, we fall to God, we become a spectacle to, to the enemies of God. Uh, God uses him again. And God in, in Samson has a greater victory in his death than all the others combined. That's just something for us to remember. But we look at him in verse 17. He, he, obviously, we know that he, he loved Delilah. And we see that he told her all his heart. Friend, long before a child of God leaves the word of God, the house of God, the people of God, the world steals their heart. Uh, we need to be aware of that. We can be fired up today. But let me tell you something. Uh, this world will come, will come for your heart. The enemy will come for your heart. There's some of you this evening, I'm just going to be very, very honest to you, with you this evening as your pastor. I am terrified for you. Because physically, you sit in the church service today, and I'm thankful for that. You pull out a hymn book and you sing the songs, and I'm thankful for that. But somebody else has your heart. It's obvious God does not have your heart. It's just a matter of time where you'll end up where you never thought you'd end up. Because long before Samson had his eyes put out, he gave his heart to somebody who should have never had his heart. If I could say that's the greatest downfall that I've seen in my life and ministry, the most tragic, really, anybody falling away from God is tragic. But the number of young people who have grown up in this church and have good mom and dads and, and have a Sunday school teacher and have the youth director and have a pastor who prays for them and even others who pray for them, they have no idea they're even praying for them. They have every opportunity that this church and ministry offers. They take advantage of it. They, they don't, they're not evil people. They're not, they, it's what happens to them they never thought would happen. Uh, they, they, in some respects, crossed every T, dotted every I, did everything that was expected of them. And from the outside, it just seems like they did everything that they should be doing. But somewhere along the way, they forgot to guard their heart. Somewhere along the way, they failed to guard the very thing that if God doesn't have it, it's just a matter of time before the I's go undotted, the T's go uncrossed, the things that they... They conform to, they no longer conform to because someone else has their heart. This world has their heart. Many of Christian has gotten away from the things they know is right because they allowed somebody else to steal their heart. Long before a, a husband, a father, a, a mother, a wife walks away from their family. Long before that act takes place, somebody fails to guard their heart, and they allow somebody to, to steal their heart. Friend, tonight we need to be very, very careful who we get close to. We need to be very, very careful who we allow to seize the affections that we have. 
We need to be very, very careful this evening. I want you to be uh, listen to me as we consider these truths from the life of Samson. You need to be careful, Christian, who you get close to at work. You need to be very, very careful who you get close to in your neighborhood. You need to be very, very careful uh, who you get close to through social media. And moms and dads, uh, we didn't have social media. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have a smartphone. We had a pay phone when we were growing up. We didn't understand something. It is a different day. And there are Christians whose hearts are stolen through a Twitter account, through a Facebook page, uh, through a YouTube channel, uh, through, a, through an Instagram feed. Their hearts are stolen out from under a mom and dad, out from under a pastor, out from under the influence of a Sunday school teacher. Well, I just want them, I'm just getting to know them, and I just want them to get to know me. That's all Samson wanted to do was get to know Delilah. And he did not guard his heart. As a pastor, I have a pretty good inclination of what's coming next in the lives of some people. Because when the heart is lost, it's just a matter of time before the life is lost. Just as Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom, many Christians allow their hearts to be stolen by somebody who has no right to their heart. I'll never understand, never understand why a young person will give their heart to someone who's never made a sacrifice for them, who's never invested a dime in them, who's never worked a second job so they could have a, a better education in a Christian school, who's never stayed up all night praying for them and never rocking them when they had a fevered brow and, and, and praying for God. I'll never understand somebody who lets somebody else who's done nothing for them steal their heart. Samson was as mighty as they come. There was none mightier in the day that Samson lived. Samson's downfall, he was not defeated by an army. No army could defeat him. He was not defeated by the enemy. The Philistines could not defeat him. I would dare say that he was not, and often we as preachers and Christians, we contribute his downfall to that, to that woman. I would contend with you, and I would submit to you tonight that it was not even Delilah was not his downfall. It was the fact that he did not guard his heart, and he allowed Delilah, he allowed someone who had not earned his affection, who should have never had his affection, to steal his heart. Don't miss the significance of verse 17 and verse 18. That he told her all his heart. Well, my parents just don't understand. I'm glad I have somebody I can talk to. And parents are blindsided, not just by a friend, but by family members. Well, I'm just glad I have somebody I can talk to. Well, don't, don't, don't let, you know, let's keep this between us because, you know, if, if pastor finds out, he's going to say something about it. 
And it, he just doesn't understand. And, and I'm just glad that I can get outside of my bubble and talk to somebody and not worry about anybody judging me. And not worry about anybody preaching at me. And, and lo and behold, before you know it, you tell all your heart, you open your heart to somebody who does not have your best intentions in mind, somebody who cares nothing for you. We see in this story, Delilah was getting paid to, to steal the heart of Samson. She paid attention to him just because she needed something out of him. Verse 18, and when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, oh, he finally told me it all. She sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, come up this once. I've got him. It's done. For he has showed me all his heart. Sometimes, and I'll get to the outline in just a moment. We'll move quickly through it when I do. We set ourselves up for failure. I, you can do what you want or to, parents. You want to, parents. But I, I'm not a big fan of sleepovers because we talk about things that we don't need to talk about. We tell secrets don't, that don't need to be told because we've got nothing else to talk about. I'm not a big fan of group text. I'm not a big fan of access to one another. I mean, what, how much is there for two 14-year-olds to talk about? And we don't understand why when it comes time to mom and dad to intercede, why they resist us so much. Don't they know we're their parents? Don't they know we just want their best interest? Well, when they begin to, 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 to allow somebody else to steal their heart, are they mature enough? That's why I'm, I do not encourage teenage dating. It, in, if they're not mature enough to make their bed every day, they're probably not mature enough to navigate a relationship with the opposite sex. They're not mature enough. And if God sent you the right one when you were 14, praise God for you. You're in the minority. But if we're not careful, we'll allow this world to steal our heart. We'll allow somebody else to steal the heart. I'm thankful as we preached this morning, I'm thankful there was a time when I gave my heart to God. I trusted Christ as my Savior. We use this terminology, surrender your heart. God created you. God gave His Son for you. I think God's a good one for us to give our heart to. Because He owns all things, including us. I think a mom and dad who, while no parents are perfect, they do the best they can to have you in church, young people to rear you in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. They do their best to teach you right and wrong while they're working jobs, while they're trying to serve in ministry. I think they're a good one to have your heart. And at the risk of sounding self-serving, but I'll certainly be scriptural in saying this, I think it's okay for your pastor to have your heart. 
How sad. How sad. This evening as we get into some truths, I want us to see the downfall of Samson. I want to say to all of us tonight, guard your heart. Guard your heart. There are some away from the Lord today. And they're far enough down the road to see the effects of being away from God. They never intended, they never intended for their marriage to break up. They never intended, never intended for things to happen in their home that have happened. Did they intend for that to happen? No, there's no pastor. I know God has told me to do this. I can serve God in another capacity. And by the way, let me just interject this. You've got one pastor. And if there's another pastor that likes to give you counsel, the Bible refers to him as a wolf. And I'm not a smart man, but there's only one way to deal with a wolf. And with the internet and the world wide web and all kinds of things, there's all kinds of people out there that, that like to steal the hearts of other people. You've got to guard your heart. And tonight I'll say it again. There's some sitting in this room. You're but a step away. Because the hard part has already been done. Your heart has been conquered by somebody, by something that has no right to it. And, and Samson's defeat did not take place when the razor went to his head. The defeat was once he gave his heart, he told all in his heart to somebody who did not earn it, Somebody who did, should never have had it. His defeat was once he shared with somebody. It's nice just to have somebody I can talk to. It's nice to just to have somebody who understands me. It's nice to have somebody who does not judge me. It's nice to have somebody who does not have any expe expectations on me. It's nice to have somebody who just lets me be me. It's not always telling me all these things I need to do. Friend... When somebody steals your heart and you have shared all, you've given all, well, it's a very dangerous thing. I want to just point out a couple of things, a few things in the, in the text this evening. Back to verse 4. It came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. Verse 5. And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, Entice him and see wherein his great strength lieth and by what means we may prevail against him that we may bind him to afflict him, and we will give the, every one of us 1,100 pieces of silver. She's about to get rich. I see this with Delilah, who stole the heart of Samson. She was loyal to the wrong crowd. Be careful of making any alliance with somebody loyal to the wrong crowd. God has said in his word, you cannot love me and love the world. Matter of fact, God says those that love the world are his enemy. That's what God has said. 
We need to be very, very careful to give our heart to somebody who is loyal to the wrong crowd. Delilah was loyal to whoever was giving her the money. She was loyal to, 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 to those who were the enemies of God. She was there to benefit herself. Understand this. While we have something wonderful here that God has given us, first of all, through our salvation as a child of God, second of all, serving and being part of a great place like the Emmanuel Baptist Church, there are those out there that want to steal the hearts of our children. They want to steal the hearts of our spouse. They want to steal the hearts of every man and woman in this room tonight. You need to be very, very careful even giving consideration to those who are loyal to the wrong crowd. Number two, we see in verse 15, I'll not take time, but between verse 4 and 5 and verse 15, Delilah says to Samson, tell me the source of your strength. He gives her an answer and he falls asleep and she does what he says and she says, the Philistines are upon thee. The Philistines, he gets up and he's still got his strength. Oh, Samson, why did you lie to me? Tells her something else, the same thing happens. We get down to verse 15, and she said unto him, How canst thou say, I love thee, when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times, and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. The second thing I see, she conquered him emotionally. Listen very, very carefully. The downfall of a child of God is emotionally. That's why you hear your pastor say, live by principle. Live by principle. Emotions have nothing to do with what you're supposed to do with your life. Live by principle. But what happens? We get conquered emotionally. Out of the heart are the issues of life. She used guilt on him. How can you say, you're my friend, how can you say you love me? Oh, you love those people at church more than you love your own flesh and blood. How can you say you love me if you won't even take one Sunday? How can you say you care about me if you won't even... Go to this place with me. Just go with me. You don't have to do what we do. You don't have to drink like we drink. How can you say you're my friend? I mean, recently I just, I just got a notification on Facebook that said we've been friends for three years. Have you been living a lie? She used guilt on him. 
Why do we let people guilt us when we shouldn't even be in a relationship with them to begin with? She continually put the pressure on him with her words. I don't care who you are. You put yourself in a situation long enough with people you should not be with in an environment you should not be in and the continual pressure, continual pressure, continual pressure. You only have to be weak once. She conquered him emotionally. Young people, teenagers, understand something. Not everybody that tells you they're your friend is your friend. And if anybody wants to pitch you versus your spiritual authority, they're not your friend. Those that leave the things of God, they do not leave it because it makes sense. Because you cannot logic leaving the care of God. You cannot logic leaving the blessings of God. It's emotional. It's enticement. You go back to the Garden of Eden. Satan dangled in front of Eve and she saw that it was good. He appealed to her senses, her emotions, instead of just believing by faith the word of God. We do the same thing. Samson failed because he allowed himself to be conquered emotionally. That's why principles ought to choose who your friends are. Principles ought to choose the places you go. The worst thing that happens is when we don't feel like being somewhere, we don't feel like doing something, or, or I'm glad I can just go and let my hair down. You'll be very careful who you let your, quote-unquote, let your hair down with. She conquered him emotionally. Again, parents, let me urge caution. Our children aren't, aren't emotionally mature enough to navigate the conversations that they're posed. I do not know of anything, but I think we would be shocked. I think some parents would be shocked at who has contacted their child through social media and they don't even know about it. Again, I don't know of anything, but I guarantee we'd be shocked. We've got to guard our heart. Conquered him emotionally. Number three. In verse 19, after she knew that she had him because he showed all of his heart, he told me his innermost secrets. He told me everything. She made him sleep upon her knees and she called for a man. She caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head and she began to afflict him and the strength went from him. Number three, he lost his uniqueness. We're reminded again in verse 17 that he was a Nazarite unto God from his mother's womb. He was never, a razor was never to touch his head. That's where his strength came. His power came in his uniqueness. Don't miss this. And every young person over here, listen to me. One's all over the service, young adult. This is good for everybody, but especially because those in that age group. This world will promise you everything. Say, oh, I'm, 
different. I don't want to be different. That's what makes you special. Because you're unique. Because you're different. You're a child of God. You've got a cleanness about you. You've got a purity about you. You haven't been soiled by this world. And all this world wants to do is take God's people and make them like everybody else. Our power, what makes us special, is our uniqueness, is what makes us different. And once he, he told all his heart, she shaved his head, and that which made him different was taken away from him. He lost his uniqueness. How many Christians have lost their uniqueness? It's sad. There are some this applies to. And if you saw them, you'd never know they were a Christian. If you talked to them, you'd never know they were a Christian. You'd have no idea. Why is that? Because in their effort to not be like everybody else, they became like everybody else. Why in the world do we want to fit in out there? That's why I'm not choosing my clothing style from this world. I'm not choosing my hairstyle 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 from this world. I'm not choosing anything from this world. Well, pastor, I'm just, I'm just trying to be unique. Oh, yeah, you and the three million other people out there. I would guarantee you, you hear this all the time. Well, we don't, as a, as a pastor, we want to be like everybody else, and we, we, don't want, we don't want people to be intimidated by us, and, and we want to just blend in. I guarantee you, I've been stopped by more people. Are you a preacher than they have? Can I talk to you for a minute? A week does not go by where somebody does not stop me. have no idea who I am. Can I talk to you for a minute? Are you a preacher? Are you a pastor? Can I talk to you? It's uniqueness. Uniqueness. Uh, he lost his uniqueness. I used to preach this. When, when, I, when I got out of Bible college and came back and, and worked here at the church, and one of the responsibilities I had for many years was I had teen church preaching to the public school teenagers. And the emphasis I made to them week in and week out is do not give yourself to this world. All this world wants to do is take what it does not have anymore. And make you just like them, and then they will drop you so fast. Then it's reversed. But I shared my heart with you. I gave up everything for you. I, I, I left my family for you. I walked away from those that love me. I gave you my heart. He lost his uniqueness. And that brings us right into number four, verse 20. And she said, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as other times before and shake myself. 
and he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. Number four, he lost his power. I'm just being as blunt, if you will, as forthcoming as I possibly can. Sometimes I talk to those who have already had their heart stolen. Pastor, I believe this is what God wants me to do. I've prayed about it. You don't have the power. You're making your decisions based on not fellowship with God, emotional, unscriptural desires. Well, I, I just, hey, just like any other time, the previous times, the Philistines are upon us. Well, I'll just shake myself, and it'll be just like every other time. I'll have the strength, I'll have the power. And one of the, the, the saddest verses in the Bible, but a verse you and I should pay very close attention to, he wist not that the Lord was not with him. He didn't even know God had left him. He got on his knees and prayed, oh God, and God had left him. He tried to make decisions for his family just as he had done in the past, but God had left him. He tried to decide some things in his life, but God had left him. He wished not because he had given his heart. He had made some decisions that God was not in. And while God is always available to us, and he'll always receive us back into his fellowship, he is not going to put a stamp of approval on going against his word. The greatest thing you can do is guard your heart. Parents, guard the heart of your children. And again, you can say this is self-serving if you want. You ought, you ought, you ought to, you ought to uh, lift up the pastor in their eyes. Well, I don't, like, I don't like what he said. I don't like the direction. You know what may happen 10 years from now? They may need somebody to help them. They may be in a crisis, and you're going to bring them to me as a teenager and say, fix them for me. But all that is in their head is mom and dad not being happy with things down at the church. Mom and dad saying, who does he think he is, and, and what does he think? He's not any better. I'm a man of God just like he is. All of those things, and there's going to be a crisis hour when they, they may not come to this man of God, but they may need a man of God. God, and they'll have the same opinion of him. Guard their heart. We need to guard our heart with the philosophy of this world. Don't let the internet control where you stand. Don't let the talk at the cooler at work. Let this book. Let God have your heart. And guard it. Parents, guard the heart of your children. Guard it. Every head of house, every man. You've got a, you've got a wife, you've got children. Guard your heart. Because Once you give your heart away, it's just a matter of time. A matter of time. Tonight, if the percentages... Hold true. A year from now, somebody in here 
is going to be living in a way that they never would have guessed they'd have been living. And if I could see the future and I come to them and said, if you don't change some things, this is what's going to happen in your life, they'd never believe it. You think if you could go back and tell Job when he pitched his tent, if the Lord would let us go back and say, I'm going to send you back in time and I want you to talk to Job and tell him what is going to happen if he goes to Sodom and you went back and you said, Job, don't pitch your tent towards Sodom. Get away from there. You're going to have a choice of which way to go and you're going to choose the well water plain. Don't do it. He says, why? Well, because this is what's going to happen. All of your children are going to marry lost people. One day you're even going to offer your daughter to appease wicked men. Your wife is going to turn to a pillar of salt. I can imagine he would be enraged. How dare you say that's going to happen to me? But yet it happened. Because him pitching his tent to Sodom was Sodom getting his heart. Amnon had a friend who had his heart. The people of Israel who followed Absalom, Absalom stole the hearts of the people. Tonight, the Lord sent me here to remind all of us, we better guard our heart. We better not get into relationships with people who are loyal I have no interest in aligning myself in any manner with those who are loyal to the world above my God. No interest. No interest. Uh, I have no interest. Do, do not guard your, do not let somebody conquer you emotionally. When you lose your uniqueness, you lose your power. I wonder how many preachers got up today and they got up to preaching the power of God and they wist not. I wonder how many parents got in a crisis hour and they went to their knees to pray for their child and they wist not. I wonder how many single adults got in a situation and said, well, I want to pray for God to give me direction. Pastor, I've prayed about it, but the problem is you wist not. But you got it up at other times to shake yourself. God will always be there. God was not there. Let's guard our heart. Tonight, let's determine that we're going to guard our heart. I think some moms and dads ought to come to the altar tonight and determine to guard their own heart for the sake of their children. Put some parental principles in place to guard the heart of their children. Some spouses need to determine to guard their own heart. Some Christians need to determine to guard their own heart. And tonight I wish there those that I'm greatly concerned about, and I'm sure there's some that I have no idea. But it's only a matter of time before for those with their hearts stolen, it begins to manifest itself and it becomes evident. 
Would you hear the voice of your pastor tonight who cares enough about you that first of all, he'll pray for you. He'll preach the truth to you. But as I often say in situations, I will fight you for you. And if you don't, get some help. It's a matter of time, as I've often referred to as Samson, the sermon illustration. You'll find yourself in a situation such as Samson, where you never thought you'd be. It's not the Philistine army that defeated you. It's not the lion you meet on the pathway that defeats you. You allow somebody to steal your heart. And the army never had to draw their sword. Father, help us tonight.